Welcome to an all new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am your host, Lisa Ann, and I would like to extend my gratitude to you for making me a part of your listening experience. I know there's a ton of great content out there, podcasts and YouTube, but you're right here with me. I appreciate you. If you are a new listener, please subscribe, rate, and review. You can go back and watch all of the previous episodes on my YouTube channel. I do a YouTube live premiere of the video component from this conversation. So if you're listening right now, you'll be able to watch. And I do that in a live premiere so we can sit in the chat, kind of talk a little bit more about the guests, the content, maybe a solo episode like today. Uh, so go there. That's also The Real Lisa Ann. If you follow me on social media, you know that quite often, every Tuesday is Takedown Tuesday. It's my way to remind everybody on the internet of how many scammers and imposters there are out there. And I worked very hard to have all of my social media and my YouTube match. It's all the real Lisa Ann. I have no private accounts that I message from. So many people come to me, hey, do you have this? Do you have Google Chat? Do you have, are you on Telegram? Are you this? No. I am right here and it keeps it super simple. As a matter of fact, it took me an additional year to even get on TikTok because I refused to not have the real Lisa Ann. So I fought that with my trademark. I have my trademarks and a variation of my names. I fought that. It worked. So TikTok as well, the real Lisa Ann. You're going to start to see a flurry of fun posts from the last bit of vacations I was just on. I just took a week. Uh, I divided half with my boyfriend, half with a girlfriend of mine, and just had a ton of fun, kind of got away from the internet, got out and experienced life and did things, and it was awesome. So I did miss last Friday's YouTube live premiere, but I just was not in the zone. I was in the zone of just chilling, but I will be here this Friday and moving forward. We know what's next. Football season is around the corner. Yes, the first regular game is until Thursday, September 7th, but we're getting camp news. Some of that is very good news. We're hearing about players that we hope would be recovering from an injury. They are going with the path of being able to play for the season. Then there's some bad news. There's players that are coming up lame. Joe Burrow with the calf. Quite a few players have already been knocked out for the entire season. But if you're a football fan, this is part of the excitement. This is how it slowly pumps into our veins that we are here. We are getting ready to be gathered around our television sets, gathered around our fantasy football leagues, setting our lineups, obsessing over the waiver wire, trying to pick the next player that's about to go off. That is right around the corner. And with that said, this was why I took my last round of real vacations because it's go time. From August till January is my busiest season of the year. It's when I am hosting more lives, helping people set their lineups. It's when I am more active in the sports community. I will be back on Better Sports Network this season. Took my little two months, June and July off. I'll be back on August. Uh, this week will be locking in. By Friday of this week, I will be locking in my entire schedule for the entire football season. It's just easier. It's just easier to just set it up and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to be on the radio. This is what I'm going to be doing lives. This is when I'm going to be hosting a Thursday night football event. Yep, there's going to be a location in New York City for everybody in this city to come and watch Thursday night football games with me. I will be releasing the location very, very soon. 
but I love it. I get to sit with a bunch of people, you know, the big screen TV and hang out and watch and talk about these games. And we know that Thursday night games last season, some of them were a little bit less desirable than others, but now with Amazon prime being how you're viewing these Thursday night games, the NFL has decided to give us a flex. Now I understand that players don't love this. They would like to know their schedule. They want to know how many rest days they get. They want to know, are we traveling back from an international game? Are we going to have to play on Thursday after we just played on Monday night? Not fair, not cool. But for us watchers, there is nothing worse than a standalone NFL game being as boring as watching paint dry. We don't want that. None of us want that. And I definitely don't want that when I'm going to an event. So I'm super excited that I will be back out there doing a live event and hosting on Thursday nights for the entire football season. So it's around the corner. I will be back on fantasy football Fridays. Fantasy football Fridays are the day during the season. I started these in 2015. I love doing them. I visit radio stations from all over the U.S. and I give my start sits to their listeners, whether it's a text in line, a call in line, uh, and I and I do the whole day, and it's a ton of fun for me. It's something that I wanted to do to increase my awareness. People letting people know that like this is what I do now. Uh, you may know me one way, but this is what I do now, and so it's a ton of fun for me. So we're at that point. I am here, knowing that it's about to get real. I have five cameos to shoot today so far because it is fantasy football draft season. And for me, this is my busiest time of the year on Cameo. Cameo just added a new feature where it's specific to fantasy football, which is so exciting. It's going to make it so much easier for people to put in all of their teammates in their league and all the details they want. But for those of you who order a cameo through me during fantasy football season, I am real active with the messages. So you can direct message a buyer. When you direct message that buyer, I might have questions like who won the league last year, who came in last place, you know, just so I can make this a little bit more robust because I know the commissioner is going to send this video to all of their league mates in the fantasy football league. And so the more details I give, the more fun it is for everybody else. So cameo.com forward slash the real Lisa Ann, just like everything else. So that makes it really simple. So it's a busy cameo time. It's a busy time as I start to lay out the schedule for all of the drafts that I will be in, whether it's leagues that I commission, whether it's leagues that I'm just a player, uh, that's going to consume. So vacations were amazing. I get a lot of questions on social media. So I thought I will do a follow-up to the brief touchings on this part of the monologue in my very robust solo episode I'm doing for you today and talk about some of the things that I'm addressing right here in more detail. So many people will ask me like, oh, who's your boyfriend? Why don't you post photos? Uh, why don't you tell us where you're going to stay? Why don't you? No. Some things in life should just be yours. And because of the overflow that comes from my followers to people that I tag or to people that I take pictures with, it becomes uh, a little bit much for other people when they don't realize how kind of aggressive people can be. You know, if I tag somebody right away, they get a ton of follows. Then those follows will start hitting them up. Hey, how can I meet Lisa? You know, how can we do this? It is aggressive. So when it comes to my boyfriend who I have the most peace with 
and our own space together that will always remain private for me because it's really important for me to have that someone in my life who doesn't get suffocated by people in my world following them and affecting them in any way, shape, or form, creeping on them. You know, just because we're all on social media and social media is about building a community, it doesn't mean that every single person that your favorite celebrity interacts with, you should be reaching out to, you should be following, you should be. And we have these problems as people like myself who are on social media a lot, influencers, brand managers, celebrities, athletes. It's very, very, very toxic and heavy. But we had a great time together. We do a lot of just relaxing and I get my best, best, best town time. Then the second half of my trip, I went to London to visit my girlfriend, Alex. Now, Alex is a great example of meeting someone on social media where you have some core common values that you then realize, well, this, this, this should be a friendship that builds. Like this is a very unique thing. Someone that has their own business. I always am interested in any of my fellow business owners because we always have a lot of things to talk about. There's always things that I learned in business, whether it was having my day spa, whether it was having my talent agency, things that I learned that I realized I could share with someone else to make their route to success a bit easier. That's what we're all here for. We're all hoping that we can help people in our lives and we can watch them grow just like they're going to help us in our life and watch us grow. So Alex and I planned that this would be the year that we met in person after we built this incredible friendship online and we were FaceTiming and really getting to know each other. And so the first trip was Alex coming to the city, which was very cool. And the second trip was me going to London, which was this trip. Now, I knew I wanted to go before the football season. I knew I just wanted to get in a little bit of downtime, some fancy restaurants, a little bit of shopping, a lot of laughing, a lot of downtime, and just being in the moment. When I'm in the moment, I don't post. When I'm in the moment, I, I just live in the moment. Because posting, when you're doing as much social media as I becomes, it's a job, right? This is what we do for work. We're promoting for different brands. Uh, we're raising awareness of different topics. But when you're on your downtime, it just seems like you just want to have a couple of days off. And that's exactly what I got to do. And I don't tell anybody anymore where I'm going first. I learned a very valuable lesson. You cannot tell people where you're going because they will also want to go there even if they're not part of your trip. They will also want something, whether it's a photo or whether they want you to sign autographs, no matter what, they're gonna put you to work. At the end of the day, they are going to put you to work. So I've learned to just hold back and only share the events or places that I'm going where I will be willing to meet people, sign autographs, take pictures. I think that seems realistic. From an outsider looking in, it might seem strange, but from anyone who's in my space and understands how much it can be your everyday life. And I'll give you an everyday life example. One day last week, I get into my elevator. And, you know, I am going down to pick up packages. It's, it's early in the morning. I think I'm just in my gym clothes, what have you. And a couple of floors down from me, the door opens and a guy gets in. So I immediately felt the energy. I was like, oh, shit, this is not going to be great. I keep my head down in the elevator. I always have earbuds in. I'm always looking at my phone and just, you know, staying in my own space. 
And when you see someone staying in their own space, it's important to be mindful. If somebody wants to engage, they'll look up. Sometimes I'm chatty in the elevator, but I know from energy who to be chatty with and who not to be chatty with. The elevator rides 30 seconds, right? But a lot can happen in 30 seconds. So about a couple seconds in, I hear this person trying to get my attention. This guy's trying to get my attention. And I'm just acting like, I'm going to act like he's on the phone and he's not talking to me and I'm going to keep my, my earbuds are in. I'm going to just keep looking down. And then finally, I'm, as I'm looking down, I see him stepping a bit closer to me. So I realize, oh, okay, this is going to happen. This person's going to get into my space. Obviously they want something from me. And here I am in my elevator where I live, going to get some packages in my gym clothes. I'm not, it's not a free for all. It's not every moment you see somebody and you have the ability to feel so entitled that you can jump into their space and ask them for something. So I couldn't help but not brace myself up against the wall as I know someone's getting closer. And he's like, hey, Lisa, can I have a selfie? And I looked at him and I said, you absolutely cannot. This is an elevator. Do you think that every moment of your day is for your entertainment? I live here. And now I have to worry that you're going to go and tell all of your friends that you, I live here. And now I have to worry that if you got this photo, you would show everybody and everybody would know where I live. I don't know if this kid has location on his phone, on his photos. I don't know what this kid's deal is. And as a matter of fact, I never saw him before. And the crazy thing is, I could barely tell you what he looks like right now other than the fact that he had dark hair. Because I did not look up. I did not look up until I decided to say, yo, bro, no, this is not happening right now. Be cool. Don't do this. But I continued as we walked out of the elevator because I wanted to raise awareness to my staff. Hey, this guy's trying to creep on me and get a photo in the elevator, which I find to be wildly inappropriate because again, remember something. And look, this conversation I'm having with you right now is from my perspective. So if you think I'm crazy, that's fine, but you're not living in my shoes. You're not living in my situation. You're not afraid 99% of the time. You're not worried 99% of the time. These are all things that I am. I am constantly worried about my safety. I am constantly worried about my privacy. I am constantly trying to walk this tightrope of, I'm on social media. I'm sharing my life. I do a podcast. I invite people into my world, but the other side of that tightrope is I deserve a little bit of space. I deserve a little bit of freedom. I deserve a little bit of privacy. So there's this, you know, this balance. So we walked out, I look at my door guy, I look at the girl at the front desk and I don't know, I said, I don't know what the fuck this kid's thinking, but he thinks he can roll up on me when I'm in my own space. I'm not engaging with him. My head is down. I'm looking at my phone. I want nothing. I want no interaction. I could not have been putting the energy out there more to just leave me the fuck alone. Don't come near me. Don't touch me. Don't ask me for something. I don't know you. I don't owe you anything. And so I made a point to say like, Hey, can you guys put out an email letting people know to be more mindful in the elevator to, if they see a celebrity to not ask them for something that, you know, this is where, you know, this is not, it's not cool. So that brings me back to the topic of my travel. A couple of years ago, I got invited to an event. This was like during, you know, COVID was kind of still lingering, right? Some people were doing events, some events were getting booked and then getting canceled. And so I get booked for this event in Switzerland. And as soon as I get booked for the event, I talk about it, which I realized was a huge mistake. And I talk about it and, and one person comes to me like, hey, 
I would love to come see you. It's just like, okay, fine, you can come to the trade show. No, this person didn't want to go to the trade show. They wanted to meet for coffee so I could sign some autographs. And before you know it, I'm getting an elaborate train schedule sent to me of when would be good times to meet on my free time when I'm not signing at the event. And I already had talked to Kay. Kay and I were going to shoot a bunch of YouTube content. We weren't going to use the downtime for fans. We were going to use the downtime to create content for a massive amount of fans to enjoy on my YouTube channel, my travel vlogs. We were going to also get to sightsee for ourselves. So there's me time in there too, getting to try different things, learn different things, see different things. That did not involve me getting a detailed train schedule of when I could now find you. When I got booked for the gig, I didn't even know my signing hours yet. I didn't even know my schedule yet. I didn't know if I had PR to do. I didn't know anything. So I didn't know that putting something out would mean someone was just going to step in my space and be like, okay, give me your schedule because I would like some of your free time because I need you to sign some photos because I want to meet you in person. If you want to meet me, you come to a public event where I meet fans. The rest of the time is mine. So that was a huge wake up call for me because it stressed me out for two weeks. And then on the second week, The event got canceled because of COVID. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I've lost about three, four hours of my day. Just just trying to like push this back and push this back and try and say, I don't know what my schedule is. I don't know what my schedule is. I can't make plans for an event that I only have a flight for yet. Slow down, everybody. So the event got canceled and pushed off to the following year. And then the following, by the following year, it was clear. You're a fan. You want to meet me. Come into the event. On my free time, I'm gonna be doing my things. I wanna sightsee. I wanna use these trips. It's such a gift to get my travel covered and be able to see the world. You think I wanna do the same thing I do for six hours at an event for another four or five hours with one person individually? That's why I always say, I am an entertainer of the masses. I am not a one-on-one entertainer. I do not want to be a one-on-one entertainer because it's way too time consuming. When I can reach millions of people at one time as opposed to one person, that's why I stopped answering direct messages. Because each time I'm pulled into the direct message folder, I'm taking away from someone who has said something on my timeline that I could respond to, that I could engage with, that I could talk about fantasy football with, or maybe a player, or maybe travels, what have you. So that's why I stopped answering DMs. Because every year, I look at my, my, my schedule, my life, everything I do, and I think, what is consuming me that is not productive? My life is a detailed business. It is a series of events that have led me to where I am, that are going to propel my future, that are helping me save for my retirement. It is that simple. It's no different than anybody else's. Nobody wants to sit with their boss on their free time. So the elevator incident was a scene. Do not know if I'll see this person again. Do not even know if I'll remember their face, just probably their hair, because when I briefly looked up when the elevator door opened and I looked back down, I immediately felt the energy of some shit's going to go down in this elevator. It's me against a guy. My first thoughts are always, okay, if it has to be a situation, am I strong enough to take down this guy? How do I defend myself? What do I have on me? I have a phone, which you could always hit somebody with. Uh, These are the thoughts going through my head. I'm still a woman. I'm still a tiny five foot two woman who gets afraid of people and things. It's a, and also, I still believe that I should be able to ride an elevator without asking me, somebody asking me for some shit, right? So this brings me to my trip. So I was really excited to go to London. 
I plan everything very detailed from my flight times, the people that I know at the airport to the security system I will have where I'm going to the pickup to the details. And before the trip, I was going through some of the safety protocols with my friend. So the people that have been in my life for a long time, they've already had these talks, but I have to have talks with people of like, Hey, let's have a very open conversation because before I leave on big trips, my team will sit with me and say, are you concerned about this? Do you have, let us have all of the information of where you're going. So we know where you're going to be address, phone number, restaurants. We're going to get, I mean, I have to have people send me a little bit of a schedule so that I can send it to people and say, here's where I'll be. So you're not worried about me. If you need me, da, da, da. So as I'm going through protocols, I realize, oh, one of my people from my timelines that engages with all of my people and follows all of my people and has almost a duplicate following list to, for the people I has been messaging my friend and asking some questions. And this could be a misunderstanding, yes, but it still is a factor of me being like, okay, let's talk about this. Let me explain to you some scenarios I've had in the past with said person. Let's be really chill. Let's not post anything. We'll post once I'm back in New York safe and and, and then we, we can go about our day. Because otherwise I'd have to hire security to go with us everywhere in London. I really didn't want to do that. I really just wanted to be free and to be in my space and to be able to hang out, which is what I did. So I, I had this, this plan and then beforehand I got a little bit anxious over where something could be coming in from, what could be happening, how my privacy could be somewhat violated. So I'll tell you about the trip and then I'm going to go into the final conclusion to this topic, which is a very important explanation of a visual that I'm going to paint for you. But we shopped. I got to go to Selfridges for my first time, which very much Selfridges reminded me of like a Saks Fifth Avenue where you have like one floor that shoes, one floor that's laundry, just like so much beautiful things displayed beautifully, ate at an incredible amount of awesome restaurants, the Asian fusion the first night, Italian, like so much good food. And then we went out to the outlets, which are absolutely beautiful. Again, you're going to be getting a ton of photos because again, I can't post, post photos in real time because if I do, most likely somebody's going to show up and ask me for shit and everybody deserves a vacation. So that's exactly what I did. We had a ton of laughs. I stayed at her place just like she stayed at mine. And for many years of traveling in hotels and thinking I was burned out of traveling, it is so nice to stay at somebody's place. I have a tradition with my friends. The last night they're at my place, I cook. I think after being out and running around and going to restaurants, it's so nice to just put on comfy clothes and make a meal together and sit down and eat at our own table. I think you make some great memories by eating together at each other's home. It's just a great way to connect before the trip is ending. So she cooked for me the last night, which was amazing. We sat, uh, I introduced the 90 day fiance single life series to her, which was amazing. Shout out to Caesar who everyone loves just as much as I do. Uh, and we just had a great time. It was the perfect trip. It was the perfect wrap up after getting to totally disconnect and recharge with my guy and really enjoy each other and then see a friend and be silly and shop. And, oh, the outlets have so much, almost too much good stuff. And I have to say, being a member of these outlets is amazing, which Alex is. 
So you get this um, hands-free shopping. So when you buy something, they send it to the concierge. And then at the end of your trip, you go and pick up all of your things at one place, which tenfold, you will shop so much more when you're not carrying bags. You know, Cause you don't want to be like, oh, I don't want to carry bags. So I'll come back for it and forget. No, you just buy things. You give them this scan code. They send everything over there. And then at the last hour, you're advised to carry those bags with you because they take a minute to get over there. So we did that, which was super, what a great service. And also there's like, as you're shopping and you get points, there's like little freebies. So we got a freebie for two macaroons, which made us like get a tea, sit down, have some macaroons, free little hand, hand cream from L'Occitane, uh, which was great because I took that for my travel day. Thanks, Alex, for letting me have the hand cream because I did use it on my flight. I want to keep these cuticles in my hands moisturized. But it was a great trip. I, we stayed up all night, uh, before my early morning flight and getting to Heathrow, which is such a huge airport when you're like kind of a little bit out of it with sleep. Well, my bag liked London so much that my suitcase decided to stay for an additional day. Really my suitcase loved the trip so much. And as I was waiting for bags, I go through my air tags and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't think my bag made it, but I'm just going to wait. It was very slow because those, those are big flights. So finally, I went into the customer service and they're like, yeah, your bag didn't make it. We're really, really sorry. And I said to the woman, it's not a problem. I'm home. I know it'll get delivered to me. And I would always prefer to lose my luggage on my way home than on my way to somewhere. Also, pro tip when you're traveling. I carry three items on a plane, but they get put into two. So I have a very small purse that I carry. It's almost like a wallet with a chain, right? I carry that. I have my backpack. That fits in my backpack. And then I carry a carry-on that has my valuables, like um, jewelry, handbags, anything that's valuable to me. Also has a backup change of clothes. Um, and a couple things, like that bag is anything that I wouldn't want to lose totally if I lose my bag permanently. But that bag is also survival stuff that when you get home, you have what you need. I'll mind you, I did do my makeup today with uh, some backup makeup that I have because my makeup kit is in this travel bag, but I had just enough brushes here. I made it work. You know what I mean? It wasn't ideal, but I powered through. Not that big of a deal. But I feel very lucky that my bag didn't make it to me on the way home versus the way out. So I said, well, it's not, not a big deal. You know, it happens. I travel a lot. It doesn't happen to me much. So, and she looked at me and she's like, oh my gosh, no one ever handles it this well. I'm like, well, we should all handle it this well if it's on your way home. And also these are things that are out of my control. I said to her, I don't worry about anything that's out of my control. What is the point? And so you're going to have the bag delivered, which it's coming today. I got the text verification this morning. I've already tracked it. Uh, but hey, these things happen. I feel like if you travel a lot, you expect five or 10 times a year for you to either lose a bag or have a flight be canceled or have a major delay or whatever it may be. Uh, your flight diverted because somebody's being crazy on the plane, whatever it may be. So, you know, you, you, I just chalk it up as, you know, these things are going to happen when you travel this much. So rest of that, as I get out of the airport and begin to check my messages, my very first message is from someone I was supposed to have lunch with the following day, which would have been today. And this person uh, has been a, a friend we recently met uh, through the sports business. But in the message, 
which kind of was like, ugh, I don't have my suitcase, you know, all these things. The message was, oh, I'm really looking forward to lunch tomorrow. By the way, I hope you don't mind. I'm bringing some photos for you to sign for this person, this person, this person, and this person. And my first thought was, welcome back. Welcome back to America. Welcome back to work. I'm not even back yet because I take a cush day, the day I return to thoroughly unpack, get a massage, get a really good night's sleep. I was in bed at 8 p.m. last night. Welcome back. Welcome back to everybody wants something from you. It was just like for the first text coming back from the trip, I was like, oh, this is not ideal. My friends don't ask me for things, you know? So I just decided that all not meant to be. I wanted to make sure I got my bag. I canceled lunch. I'll do it another time. I didn't address the photos. I'm just exhausted by having to explain to people why. No, I don't want to sit at one of my favorite fancy restaurants and sign photos of myself. That's just embarrassing. I don't want to cause a scene. I don't want to do it outside. I don't want to draw attention to myself. I don't want to go to lunch. I don't want to spend my personal time with people who want something from me. And I'm sure that you can understand that. So when I talk about things that I cannot control, that I don't worry about, brings me to talking about things that I can control. I can control who I do business with. I can control uh, what I allow into my space. And so one of the greatest lessons I learned when I owned a day spa, yes, I owned a day spa in Huntington Beach, California for four years. You can read all about it in my first book, The Life, available at Amazon, also audio version in my voice, also available on my store, shoplisaann.com. So one of the greatest things I learned from the day spa is there's product lines that come in and they educate you on so much stuff because they want you to sell their product. They want you to be successful. And I loved it. So I took advantage as much as I possibly could. One of the product lines was Dermalogica and they would give owners business classes. One of the first things I learned was it is okay to fire a customer. And I was like, what? And they're like, if you have a customer that takes up the space of a hundred other customers, that makes your staff's life more difficult, that makes your life more difficult, what they consume from you gives you less on the output, right? Because this person can burn you out, burn out your staff, ruin your day, become such a situation that it's overwhelming. So to look at customers and say, you know, this is just too much, it's okay to fire your customers. And I learned that. And so I use that tool and all the tools that I've learned in different walks of my life. I use it a lot on social media. So let's say a guy comes at me, he's super creepy. Maybe there's a dick pic. Maybe there's a masturbation video because since Elon Musk has, has X now, not Twitter, um, now even with all my sensitive settings on, I can get straight up masturbation videos, which I seem to notice that I get the most on Sunday. So it must be on Saturday night they do them. Usually there's no head. It's just the guy. And my timeline is flooded with them. And it is a lot. No matter what somebody has ever done for a living, seeing the headless man masturbating uh, it's on a Sunday morning is a lot. Okay, So easy. 
I'm going to fire that customer. I am going to go onto their page. I'm going to block them. We're done here. Okay. So you start to streamline through life and your businesses. If you have an account that needs too many meetings from you or needs too much of your time, you have to weigh out the margins, right? The profitability of using your time and how much the output is for the input. And so I did an August awesome uh, fitness, mind, body, spirit. I thought this would be a good kind of social media and the effects of social media, including the, the, the mental health effects of social media. I think we all know at this point that social media can be toxic on many levels. It can also be incredibly helpful in our lives, but the levels of toxic that it can be affect everybody very differently. So my levels of toxic might be very different from yours, but let me give you a picture, a visual, and then explain to you how it aligns with this social media conversation. Let's picture that I'm at a booth signing autographs, let's say Exotica, and I have a fan that comes up to my booth and wants a lot of my time and then kind of stands over to the side and kind of interacts with people, okay? In my line, maybe people that come up to talk to me, maybe my security, maybe a photographer just continues to interact. So out of the corner of my eye, that person is always there. Fans are coming from the front. Some of the talent and girls I know and people I know from the industry come from the side to say hello. And each time somebody comes from the side, this person on the side, on my other side, follows them, engages with them, talks to them, whether it's in person, on social media. And eventually this becomes this ongoing amount of heaviness for me because I can no longer engage with everybody else in the line as freely as I did with that person. Because now I'm not only being watched, my line is being watched, everybody is being accounted for, and I feel this heavy, 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 heavy picture. So it's suffocating and it, and, it, and, it, and it takes a lot out of one person myself to be jockeying all of these different things. I want to protect the talent that's over here. I want to engage with my fans and let them have privacy with me. I want to still be sure that this person is comfortable because of course that person that is so aggressive and that stands around and that engages with everybody you engage with eventually makes you a little bit afraid. So when I share that visual with you, I will now flip it to how it affects on social media. Everyone has what we call super fans and super fans are somebody that follows everything you do, even if it's a topic that they're not interested in is on every one of your lives, engages on every one of your posts, and, and more so, anybody you tag in photos or anybody you tag in posts, they then follow and they begin talking to. Though I do believe social media is about building a community, I still also believe there should be some boundaries. And just because somebody knows me, doesn't mean they're automatically your friend and that you should be direct messaging them and you should be asking them questions. When I went back to Easton in July, for the weekend before 4th of July, I had a very interesting conversation with some friends about my friend's son who was 16 when I first posted with him on social media and that due to the amount of suffocation he felt, he changed, he went off of Instagram for a little while. He then made his account private 
and spoke with me about it and we talked about it. So they were like, look, we really probably best we don't take photos, probably best we don't tag. And so, so many people will ask, why don't you share more of your private life? If people ask me not to post photos of them or people ask me not to tag them, I know why. It's not just the dudes that are like, hey, can you cheat? It's because there's specific super fans that will then automatically assume that those people are their friend. And when it's a minor who's getting spoken to by a stranger, it's really jarring. When it's somebody who's just casually on social media and doesn't understand the super fan aspect, it's really toxic. And many, many times over the past couple of years, I have been asked about one of my super fans. I will say this person's account handles come up in my life at least twice a week. And it's usually like, yo, who the fuck is this person? Have you ever met this person? Are you afraid of this person? Man, this person's hitting me up. Man, this person followed me. Why? Because they're concerned for me. My friends who know me as me, who understand what I've, what, you know, what I'm up against at times, they're like, does this person freak you out? Because I am legit freaked out. All the way down to my team, everybody in my sphere is like, hey, this is a lot. Are you okay with this? How do you handle something like this? What's the proper thing to do? Well, I've had many conversations with my super fans. I try to kindly and gently say, hey, this is a little bit much. Do you mind, you know, leaving some of my friends alone? Or, you know, I made the mistake. I let this person on my personal Facebook, did not realize they were reaching out to my other people. But every single person I know that I see in person over the past however many years has asked me about this person. And so when this person reached out to my friend who I was going to visit, Alex, I felt that moment at the booth in line with that person staring at me and with friends coming over on the side. I felt that just, oh my gosh, how long do I have to manage this? How long will this go on for? And at the same time, I've told people, look, I don't want to block this person because I don't know the psychosis of a super fan. I don't know what this person is going to do. We all read the news. We all know people have stalkers. We all know. So I've been like letting this go, letting this go, letting this go. What I've realized is it's made more people in my life uncomfortable than I knew. That they were just, so many people were not saying things to me. So when I brought this to my team before my travels, they were like, here's what we think you should do. Definitely remove this person from your personal Facebook because now they have vehicles to interact with your friends that are not in your business, that are not public figures, and they might be freaked out about it, right? So, okay, fine. Then we want you to do a Word document with this person's social media accounts on it and send it to the people in your personal life to make sure that they block this person. Start slowly with making sure that when your place is, you feel safe. I just want to feel safe. Uh, that's all. I just want to feel not so much pressure. So we started that. As the emails went out and I was CC'd in them, I could not believe the responses I got back. People were like, oh my gosh, thank God. This has been so much for me. This is so intense. This person comments on everything I do. This person, I don't know this person. This person freaks me out. This person. And I was like, whoa. So I've been burying my head in the sand with this shit. I've been just letting this be. I've been letting this person suffocate me on social media to the point that I didn't even realize they were suffocating other people as well. So 
the mental health aspect is that I have to sit and think, is this person going to show up somewhere and I'm not prepared? Is this person addressing my friends? Is this person freaking out some of my younger friends and making them go off of social media? Is this person, is this, that is a lot of shit to manage when I have everything else in my life to do. So I did address it with this person before the trip. I brought up the movie Single White Female. Uh, That person had not seen Single White Female, but I think it is the perfect, perfect, perfect movie as an example, because I feel like this person is single white femaling me by trying to make friends with all of my friends, by trying to be involved in every single aspect of my social media life, every live, every sports thing, every single topic that they know nothing about still there still using my space to, I'm doing a sports show. I'm going to talk to everybody in the chat. You're going to interrupt the sports show and make it about you because why? So it brings me to the mental health aspect for everyone else. I am very fortunate to have a robust group of friendships and friends that I meet up with, that we never take photos, that we never engage on social media, that we just spend time in human form, in real time. And I think one of the biggest mental health aspects that we should be discussing when it comes to social media is how people are shutting themselves off from the real world by making their daily schedule revolve around the person that they're obsessed with and be at every single live and talk to every single person there. But it's not the same as in-person interactions. Though people will feel that they're being more social by being on social media, They're not being as social in real time, in person, when it matters, feeling the emotion, a hug, a touch. They're not making their own friends. They're making friends through somebody they follow and trusting that all of their friends should definitely be their friend. That's not a real way to go about it as well. So I think people's social skills are being really tested. Because it's easy to open your lap book or your top of your phone and go onto an app and start talking, but it's not real. You know, there's some engagements that are real, but it's not the replacement for the real interactions that we should be having. And nothing felt better than being on vacation and not looking at social media and not posting. It was just a nice break because I'm looking around. I'm enjoying when I'm in a car. I want to look out the window. I'm seeing things I've never seen before. I do not want to be on my phone. I want to remember. And even my friend was like, I, on our second day out, I was like, oh, I know where we are. You know, I remember this way back. She was like, wow, you have a really good memory. I'm like, well, I always pay attention when I'm in a car because I love to know where I am. And also I want to look at the different structures of buildings and people walking and of course dogs, you know, all of those things. I'm living in the moment. And I think social media has taken our minds to believe that that is the moment, but that's not the moment. That's not the real moment. It is great to utilize social media to grow your world. I have met so many friends, but if you're one of those people that has one person that you then engage with every single person they engage with, you have to understand that it could be a lot. And you have to understand the pressure you're putting on people that don't know you. Not everybody knows, you know, my whole existence in my life and understands how much pressure there is. But as soon as they get followed by some of my super fans, they're like, these people are really creeping me out. I look at their timeline. It kind of is duplicate to yours. It's like some of their posts, all of your retweets. Uh, They engage with you. They engage with your people. They start conversations with your people under your threads. Like it's so much. How do you deal with it? And I'm like, well, 
I just try to ignore it. But I realize ignoring it is not helping me. It brings me back to that very first conversation as I open this with sometimes you have to fire your customers. So I'm making a little list of people who have become way too big of a part of the conversation so I can have a fresh start for the football season because it's time to me focus on, hey, when I'm in the chat for my podcast, we can talk about the podcast. We can talk about how our weeks were. It's Friday night, eight o'clock. I usually have a glass of wine. You know, we, we just relax together. That's great. But when I'm doing a sports thing, I want to engage with my following that is into sports. I want to talk to them about the games. I don't want to have to divert from the plan that I had set into motion because my super fans are in there talking to each other and they want to talk to me about the weather. I need to stay focused. I need to eliminate distractions. And one of the things that I came to just resolve with myself to find a little bit more peace and to be a little bit less suffocated was that while I was on this trip, I was going to build a short list of people that I just think it's probably best we step away. We just kind of step away a bit. Now, I will be a little bit afraid after I make those decisions because I know once those I make those decisions, there's going to be a lashing out. I also know these people are going to start burner accounts and they're still going to follow me and know my everyday whereabouts, which is going to be even tougher on me. But at the same time, I know that my friends will feel better about this. The couple of years of conversations people have had with me about this. It's time. It's time to free up my space in my mind to help my mental health, to be in a situation with people who have a realistic approach to their internet relationships. And they are called parasocial relationships. I am going to be minimizing the one-sided parasocial relationships that consume not just me, but every single person I post, tag, or share time with. If you notice, if you've listened listened to my podcast for a long time, I don't always mention my friend's names. I will never mention my boyfriend's name. I never have that freedom because I have been living in this fear with this person, with this group of people, with their extreme parasocial relationships that once I put it out there to the universe – that person is then going to find and reach out to that person and start engaging. That is just hella not appropriate. That is not how we're going to roll. So I'm going to be blocking some people to clear the deck so that when it comes to football season, I can be truly focused on my football fans. And I've also realized as being like, you know, look at it like a pyramid as being the tip of that pyramid. I went through a lot of emotional, um, kind of struggles last week when those emails went out and so many people responded back to me with how uncomfortable this person has made them feel. Then I had to deal with how uncomfortable it makes me feel that somebody that in my world made them feel uncomfortable. That is a lot of pressure for one person to manage. So as I'm on that tip there and I look down at my people and all the love I have in this pyramid, I realize I now have to protect them. All this time I've been dealing with the elevator incidents and I've been protecting myself, but maybe I didn't realize I need to protect everyone else. So changes will be made and I'm very sorry if you're one of those people, but I think this could be a blessing in disguise for everyone because it's just reached a level of very unhealthy. 
We shouldn't allow unhealthy things in our life. If something's giving us the ick, if we're feeling it, I should have trusted my gut instinct. Judge, I'll tell you something. One more fact. I don't ship internationally on my own bookstore because of this ringleader, this one person. Because this person lives overseas. Again, that was why I was afraid going to London. When I'm going to Europe, I'm always afraid. This person ordered a book and it was around like a holiday. I think it was, I don't know, it was President's Day, whatever. It was around a holiday where the post office was going to be closed. By the time I dropped it, it was going to be like three, four days where it couldn't have been shipped. And this person tweeted the tracking every single day. And as a store owner, that's a customer that should be fired. As a store owner, that is not what your business needs. It's an off look. And look, I don't control the post office. It takes weeks for shit to get to Europe. Like it has to go through customs. It has to go through this. Like it's a lot. And it was every day. And finally I lost it. I was like, please stop harassing me about this shipping. I cannot be the post office. Like it's just burning in my head. And so I then changed all the settings on my store over this one person just being a spaz and somewhat social media harassing me over shipping. I no longer ship to Europe because that one three-week experience was so jarring. And ironically, like I've had about a hundred conversations about that three-week experience because this person follows all of my people. Some of my people have followed this person back or they just see this person's post because I'm tagged. And they're like, holy fucking shit, this fucking shipping thing, fucking grinding. I'm like, yeah, I changed my whole business plan over it. I have fans utopia now that has autographed copies of my book. They won't be personalized, but they ship to Europe for me. I'm not going through that. That is just way. So I have somehow been passive out of empathy, out of fear, out of worrying about this other person's mental health more than mine. And I've allowed chaos to ensue from one person. Uh, the little group this person has formed, but regardless. So if you're feeling tested by somebody, maybe you write it in your journal. Maybe you see how far it goes, but only allow yourself so many times because we are all in control of what we allow in our space. And it's not mean to say, this doesn't make me feel good. It's not mean to say this person makes me uncomfortable. It's not mean. It's you just identifying with yourself. And the conversation of mental health is so vast but we have to think about what it is that makes us feel good and not good. And if you can eliminate some of those not good things, those things that are on a lower vibration, then you can stay on a higher vibration and feel good. And that's what we all want here. So to wrap that up, have to share with you that aspect. So think about it when you are, you know, of a super fan or you see a super fan or have an understanding of the pressure that is put under people and that, no, I'm not taking pictures in the elevator and no, I don't work 24 hours a day. So just because somebody thinks I'm going to be near them doesn't mean they can have some of my private time to get things that they want when they could easily go in and get them. I do events where fans can come and meet me. I sign autographs. We chop it up. I love doing the November Exotica because it's fantasy football season and a lot of my fans will just give me their phone and let me go onto their waiver wire. Um, so there's great conversations to be had, but I do them in a place where I feel safe. And then my other time is to run my other businesses, to do the other things I've got going on, to do my meetings, which I do all the time and to work out and then to make time for the friendships in real time that are great. Now it is time for the mailbag. 
If you want to be a part of the mailbag, you can email me at asklisaann at gmail.com. Send in your questions, whether it's sports related, whether it's travel related, whether it's food related, whatever it may be, send it in and I will respond. We are here. Our first question. This is from Niels who says, what's your favorite place to holiday and what do you do when you have some free time? Because you're a busy woman. Greetings, Niels from the Netherlands. Netherlands are so beautiful. You know, it's it's so tough to say what my favorite place is because if I was staying in the U.S., I of course want to go out to Lake Tahoe and be with my best friends. It's a Thanksgiving trip I take every year. Uh, we just have the greatest time chilling and doing nothing together. It's a trip where I barely even do my hair or makeup the whole trip. It's not a photo trip. It's not a social media trip. It's just straight up downtime. We talk and we hang out, we watch movies, we watch games, we just have a great time. But other than that, like I love Italy. I want to go to Portugal. I haven't been there yet. Uh, There's so many places that I've enjoyed. It's really just about leaning into the experience, trying some of the local food, uh, scoping out people watching, all of the different things. But I just, for my free time, so that was the travel part for my free time. I love to sit outside and read, get some sun. Um, walk in the park, bike ride in the park. I just like to kind of be away from my phone on my free time. I think I'm really realizing that when some time in my life is considered free time, it's when I'm not connected or tethered to anything, right? It's when my phone isn't in my hand, my laptop isn't in front of me. I'm not worried about the internet. Maybe I'm sitting outside with a book and I do prefer a book other than I have a Kindle for when I take longer trips. I use my Kindle a lot traveling to and from Australia. It's such a long flight, such a long trip, and I could power through books. So you don't want to carry five books in your backpack to carry a Kindle. When I'm actually sitting and reading, I'd rather have a paper book. So, and also I like to watch some TV. We all have our shows we like. uh, So that's what I like to do in my free time. My free time is pretty much when there is no phone in hand and I'm tethered to no technology. Right here we have from our friend Mike. Hi, Lisa. I take a daily two-mile walk along a river trail near where I live. Oh, that's so awesome to live by water like that. There is a sign that I see every time I go on my walk, and it says, take only photographs, leave only footprints, and remove only memories. My question to you is, where did you take your most memorable photo? Thanks again for all you do, for your charity, for your sports insights. And I'm looking forward to meeting you at the next Exotica. And that's from Mike. Oh, that's such a great email. I love that you get to take these two mile. I love that you live by a path, right? I think when you live by a walking path, you it's less likely that you don't walk because you enjoy it. You're smelling some nature. It's right there. You have to do it. It's paced out. You know, it's two miles. Uh, I love that. And that's a great plaque to read every day. I will say... My most memorable photo that came to me quickly was the photo I got to take with Dr. Ruth. I mean, Dr. Ruth had been in my life for so many years. We got to speak and debate against each other at the Oxford Union. So it was like the fact that I was at and invited to speak at the Oxford Union was amazing. So there's that. And then the fact that I'm you know, working and sitting down with, with Dr. Ruth, I mean, that was just a... It was an iconic moment for me. Uh, I really got some nice time to have a conversation with with her, and it really gave me confidence in my public speaking. You know, doing radio is one thing because nobody's looking at you. I mean, now we do a lot more things on camera, but nobody's looking at you live. You're, you're not feeling faces looking at you, and so you're not as self-conscious. But 
that really, that event meant a lot to me. I will say that. And then I've taken photos all over the world. I got to hold a koala in Australia. That's an epic photo, feeding the kangaroos in Australia. Um, just, just travel photos for sure, for sure. One more here. And this is an interesting one. Dear Lisa Ann, I have to ask, have you gone to see the Barbie movie yet? I did. And I loved it. Have a great day, Hannah. I have not gone to see the Barbie movie, but wow, to see this movie doing so well is incredibly exciting. And especially in a time where we know SAG's on strike. And so, you know, this has just been uh, a, a time for adjustment for everybody in the movie world. And it's awesome to see a celebration like this of such a, a amazing movie. I don't do movie theaters. I don't want to sit in a dark room with strangers. <laughs> Let's just... Let's just sum it up to that, okay? And I was was listening to a radio show and they were talking about there was a fight between two women at the Barbie movie uh, somewhere because the one woman had her son with her, a young kid with her and he was playing a movie on his iPad and he didn't have any headphones or anything. And so the other moviegoer was pissed because that's all she could hear. And I thought to myself, like, point exactly. This is why I have no interest in going to a movie theater, but I will watch that as soon as it's on a plane. Hannah, I will be a little bit behind, but I will get the movie in. I'll be super excited when I, first thing I do when I get on a plane is scroll through new releases. Because of course I've memorized most of what American Airlines has. And so I scroll through, when I scroll through and see that Barbie movie, I will be watching that movie and I will love every minute of it. Uh, so I look forward to doing that. And guys, you should look forward to spending a little bit more time with your lady in the bedroom. Go to ultrafarmrx.com. Ever feel like your performance just doesn't measure up? Does worrying about it make it worse? Let me let you in on a little secret. Many men use Viagra and Cialis not just to treat ED, but to boost their performance and last longer. Whether you're in front of the camera or behind closed doors, every man can use a little help to last longer. It's never been simpler to get what you need. At ultrafarmrx.com, you can get doctor-trusted treatments 100% confidential online from your phone. No awkward doctor visits. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. Discreet and confidential, guaranteed. Better performance is just a few clicks away at ultrafarmrx.com. We all want to feel better at every age. I know I'm a big, big, big person to talk about that with, with all of the things that I do. I'm excited to get to go to cryo today. All of the things that I do for my fitness, my diet, my recovery, all the goodness. Ultra Farm RX is for you. It is games, games, games starting September 7th, though preseason games are fun to go to as well. And if you want to take your family and you don't give you some young kids, you don't know how long they'll want to sit still, preseason games are a lot more affordable and the weather is usually nicer unless you're like Miami. It's going to be hella hot. Uh, but if you're in the Northeast or other places, it's fall, it's beautiful, it's not cold yet. Go to Ticket Rev. Find out where you can see a game, a concert, a show by you. Download the app at Ticket Rev. Learn all about it at TicketRev.com and follow on social media at Ticket Rev. Well, fan tracks came through. I'm going to be giving away a signed 
CD Lamb jersey. The only thing you have to do, or maybe you already did it, was go to fantrax.com forward slash Lisa Ann. Using my name puts you into the drawing. So don't worry about it. If you signed up already, if you were part of the summer of best ball with me where I drafted every single day, if you were part of that, you're good. As long as you logged in using fantrax.com forward slash Lisa Ann. But if you are new and you want to get your hands on a autographed CD lamb Jersey, you need to sign up today. Go to fantrax.com forward slash Lisa Ann. I will be making sure that I get in a couple more best ball drafts and I'm still waiting to fill. I have all the names, but I haven't gotten all the emails. I'm thinking some of them might've gone into people's junk email. So I'm going to go back through those this weekend and remind everybody that there is an invitation waiting for them to be a part of this fantasy football league with me. It is a new league at Fantrax that I will be commissioning and I will be playing. And it's a season long format where you do set your lineup, go to the waiver wire and make trades. Unlike when we were doing the best ball where all you do is a 20 round draft. I've got events coming up August 11th, 12th, and 13th. I will be in Canton, Ohio at the NFL Hall of Fame for the Fantasy Expo. I cannot wait to see everybody there. Kay is coming with me to create brilliant content, sharing my fantasy life with everyone. I am in a large draft there, uh, Queen's Classic. I have a team, so I will be drafting. This will be the first time Kay gets to see me draft, which I'm super excited about. There's that. And then Saturday, August 26th, I will be in Vegas as the official host of the Ultimate Fantasy Football Draft Weekend. The Sapphire Pool in Vegas turns all their cabanas into draft stations. So everybody is drafting. There's going to be so many leagues there that I get to meet, ask questions. How long have you had this league? How did you guys meet? Who won last year? All the nosy things I want to know about their league. Who talks the most shit? All of that. So I do that. Then I've got Exotica, New Jersey in November. I've got Exotica, DC in December. And I will be releasing my Thursday night football location here in New York City where you can come and watch every single Thursday night game with me. Friday, September 1st will be my very first Fantasy Football Fridays, and they go all the way through to the end of 2023. We don't do them in January because... Um, fantasy football season is over once we get into the playoffs. So it's going to be a ton of fun. You can follow along on my social media and as for social media, don't make it your only form of interaction and be mindful about interacting on an obsessive level. And also look up parasocial interactions, understanding that this term is real PSI. This term is something that is so real and when you learn about it, you're going to understand that the person on one side, me being the entertainer of the masses, does not have the same emotion for the person on the other side who's obsessed with the one person because I'm managing millions of people a day. This person's just pretty much managing me. So the relationship that is built in someone's mind, the comfort that they feel, the closeness. Now, may I made some mistakes by being nice, uh, but that's what you do on social media. So I did have strict talks as well about boundaries. Um, but remember, it can become very toxic. It's romanticized in one person's mind. The friendship can, can start to begin to be real. And it's really just a social media interaction. It's really just a social media friendship. And if you know somebody that is in the business of sharing things on social media, check in on them. 
have conversations with them. Hey, how do you manage this? Does this bother you? What do you think is the best protocol? Because you're going to be helping their mental health greatly by showing that you are aware that there's additional pressures that can't be seen, touched, or felt in real time with the hands, with the eyes, but they are felt inside in the spirit and they can be very, very, very suffocating. We want to make sure all the people in our lives are good. So make sure that you get out and touch some grass. Do not rely on the computer to build a life for you. Build a life for yourself. Get out there and feel good and do good things. I will look forward to seeing you all Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on my YouTube channel, The Real Lisa Ann. For my newbies, thank you so much for listening along. I will have, I have the most exciting guest next week. I cannot, it's two people that I've been wanting to interview for about three years and I cannot wait to share their story with you and share them with you. So you be, be excited for that. Go back and catch up on the episodes that you've missed and I will see you Friday. Thank you for listening to an all new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience.